This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host and daughter. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Today we're going to talk about an interesting topic, how the British grieve. You know, culture is a lot to consider when there's grief and loss. Sometimes we're in our own little community and we don't know how other people grieve. And Heidi, do you want to introduce our guest? Absolutely, Mom. And we have a great guest here today that will definitely know something about this topic because she actually right now is living in Britain, and her name is Kelly Hazlitt, and Kelly has a bachelor's in broadcast journalism, a certificate in critical and emergency medicine, and she has a master's degree in elementary ed and volunteers for several charities that support children and bereaved families. As I said, she currently lives in the UK, the United Kingdom, and I met her at TAPS, where she volunteers and works for them, and has been since 1997, and TAPS is the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors of Military Loss. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Hi, Kelly. It's amazing to think of you all the way over in the U.K. You said you're just outside of London and Heidi in New York, and I'm in California. Wow, the, the amazement of the Internet. But Heidi told me a little bit about you, and uh, tell our audience, you became a, a widow very young, right? Yes, my former husband, Captain Mark Robert Nichols, was killed in an F-18 crash in 1997, and my journey started that moment, and when Bonnie Carroll, who's the founder of TAPS, found me on the Internet, and, you know, all of that kind of played in force. So TAPS has been there for me to learn the journey of being a widow and and moving through all that grief, and I'm very fortunate that I was able to find people my age, because that's kind of critical when you're young. Um, it was my 30th birthday, and I had a lot of life ahead of me with my my husband, but obviously that wasn't to be. Well, you're making a good point, Kelly. I worked with the 9-11 widows for 10 years, and one of the things that they said was so difficult is that they were young widows also and felt like most of the widows out there were much, much older. And I love the idea for you that you found a community at TAPS, because I would imagine that a lot of military widows are young. They, they lose their husbands yes. young in, in um, you know, the military. Absolutely. And that camaraderie and that combined effort, even whether you had children or didn't have children, you know, whether you lived in Chicago, New York, California, all of it is secondary. If you're young and you're widowed, it's, you know, it's a different journey that you, you walk in. And, and you didn't have any children at that time either, right? You know what? I was pregnant at the time, right before, and, you know, all of that. So I had that hope, and then it failed along with everything else. So, you know, that was that catastrophic event. But oh, I've my gosh. With many, many widows. So you also had a miscarriage after your husband was killed? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right. right before. He didn't know about it, but, you know. Oh, right before he was killed? Mm-hmm. Wow. Traumatic. A lot going on for you at the same time. Well, let's talk a little bit now. You, you, you were in the United States, and you got, kind of got grounded in grief and loss with Bonnie Carroll and all that. And now you've moved to Britain. How long have you been there? I have been in Britain four and a half years. Uh-huh. And what have, you, what have you seen there as far as the differences in how the, the British and the American culture is? Are there different things about the grief and loss? Yes, significant. Um, the British culture is, you know, they're wonderful 
playful people, but they're very reserved and very conservative. They hold new people at a distance. It takes a long time to even, you know, make friends from that perspective. And when it comes to grief, I've met loads and loads of folks. I work with um, three different organizations in Britain, and they've been fortunate to see what we do at TAPS and how loving and hugging and supportive we are, and they don't have that. I mean, they're starting to work towards that because they, they know that there's a need. And with all the recent wars and there's you know significant losses, um, they have really looked to us for that, I guess, that leadership, so to speak. Um, one of my friends, I, I asked for a couple of quotes, if you don't mind if I share just from their perspective, and she said, the attitude can be one of a stiff upper lip, staying strong. We really don't want to hear or see from you breaking down or showing any emotion. Very little support is given. The catchphrase, we don't know what to say, is something that brief families hear a lot of. And that's across the board. The, the military handles them, if it's a military death or the police or, you know, whatever traumatic death happened, they're offered a couple of counseling sessions through the national health care system, and that's it. You're wow. just, you know, you carry wow. on like you did, you know, centuries ago. I was just going to say that's really interesting because the hospice movement started there with Cecily Saunders mm-hmm. and the Compassionate Friends started there, but the United States just grabs those things and builds on them. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, Compassionate no, Friends the is huge. Say they create the idea. And the U.S., you know, embellishes it and runs with it and, and makes it a great thing. I mean, that is a common spoken thing. You know, they come up with it, but we just take it and run and, and really embrace and bring it together. Ah, so that's interesting. That may have something to do with it. But it's a cultural thing. They're not huggy. It's just, it's, you know what I mean? You need to keep yourself. And I, I, I've had loads of friends. That one just lost her mom recently. One lost... Uh, brother, and they don't share that heaviness. It's just so people aren't talking up, about it. It sounds hurt. like they're not. They wouldn't no. be open to talking about their losses with each other. Is that what I'm hearing? Slowly, they are. They are. Okay. I mean, there's a group called SAFA, the Soldiers, Sailors, and Airmen Family Association, and there was two, a couple, a few people, but a, a big couple. They lost their son um, five years ago, and they crusaded. They went to you know the British Embassy, the Queen, and all of these folks, and just said, there's got to be some support for us families. You know, my son was killed abroad, and I need someone to talk to. I need to meet other families. And so they've now hence started this group called the Bereaved Family Support Group. And so they meet twice a year, similar to what TAPS did 20 years ago. And their goal is to break into regional groups. So they're growing. They're kind of in that infancy role. But they see the benefit. I have attended several of their events, and it's it's coming to that light of that hug and that serenity and that, that, you know, that email, that call. So, you know, long term, they're going in that direction, but it hadn't been that way for, you know, centuries. I wonder if it had anything to do with World War II, I mean, and what they went through, you know, um, having their country oh, bombed and all that. Yeah, and having all those people die. I mean, maybe that's part of their, their you know, will Mom, you're, you're, you're bringing up a good point because when we started doing the 9-11 research study looking at traumatic loss over time, we looked to countries that had had war-torn situations where they had kept having loss upon loss upon loss. And what we found is that people almost didn't have the luxury of grieving. So they did have to take – they had the idea of just put a stiff upper lip on and don't really think about it, just push ahead. 
And that's yep. what it sounds the like. Survival. Like you're saying, I wonder if, yeah. And I, I am it's wondering, inbred. maybe they're culturally. History. I mean, we're talking yeah. wars and centuries and centuries of deaths and plagues and, you know, much more of a history of death, really, um, in this area than they are in the U.S. It's opened my eyes to see why they've carried their way. But there's, you know, in, in this long term, I see them softening and, and seeing the benefit of working through it rather than not. Now, if I'm listening to this show right now, give me some benefits for me to feel that I should, you know, that it might be a good idea for me to work through it rather than, you know, try to have the stiff upper lip. Personally, I know that the grief will, it can actually kill you inside, literally. I mean, it can take away your health. It can take away your, you know, happiness to able to have that true gift of life and be present with others. Um, if you don't do the journey and do that grief solid work, which is a lot of work, um, and support yourself because those around you may not be the key roles, but have you know the counseling, have the support groups, have you know people that are that are like minded, um, you can come through exactly, it and Kelly, see it you know, as it's a benefit. Because when you when you have a loss and it's a very significant loss. You don't recognize yourself. And, and, you know, sometimes you might feel like you're going crazy or you might feel like you're majorly depressed or you might feel like you don't want to live. And if you have other people who have had losses that are there for you and a little further down the road and saying, you know what, I remember being in that place. You won't always be there. It's a life. No, it's normal. Right. Now tell me, uh, is there a lot of medication going on in uh, England as much as there is in the United States? With the no, you know, this is a national health care system here, so they're very, anything that costs money is cut. So, you, and I have a father, for instance, that his son has been, he was killed six years ago. That man has not slept in like six years. He has like two-hour wow. sleep periods. Um, significant alcohol has taken part. I mean, he's really in pieces, and they're doing some um, REM therapy, that retina therapy for dream states to help and sleep, but they wouldn't medicate. Mm -hmm. You were saying that they do something with widows there? Yes, they work with the Royal Air Force Widows Association. And see, from a family's perspective, the military themselves take care of the widows. Now, this is from a military perspective. Um, They have a little bit more of a a solid support network. Um, They tend to be connected right away where families kind of have to find themselves and find each other. A good friend of mine, is a, he works with the Police Officer Association, and he says after a death, it's immediate. There's no support. They take care of all the paperwork, the investigation, the police liaison officer um, finalizes all that, and that's it. There's nothing else. Um, so like the Crime Act and all that witness protection, those kind of groups that we have in the U.S., they don't have them here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting because it sounds a lot like uh, it sounds a lot like 30 years ago when my son was killed. There wasn't a lot of support. Now in the United mm-hmm. States, where you know a hospice is actually legislated to support people for six months. So uh, talk about are you yeah. com- are you coming back to work with TAPS? You know, I currently work with TAPS here in England. Okay. I've, I've worked on and off since '97 with them. Okay. You know, various roles. They just kind of slot me in like a puzzle piece wherever. I didn't realize there was taps in England. You know what? I am the taps in England. Let's put it that way. I've just been working in inroads and working with (laughs) the families. You know, the goal was to kind of create a solidified unity between our groups, which we have. And we've got folks coming from the military, brave groups, to our taps groups, Uh seminars. 
and vice versa. We've done some joint seminars and gatherings, which have worked out wonderfully. So I'm hoping that that connection will stay. So what would you like people to know if they've had a loss, an immediate loss? What's some of your advice? Seek support. Don't try to do it on your own. I don't, you know, no matter how strong of a person you are or how much faith you've had or any of that, I just think this is something bigger than you can ever imagine. I mean, if you've ever dared to love somebody and then to have them not with you, you know, is a tragedy and it takes a lot of time. Now, um, you're available. Do you have a website that people can uh, connect up with you on? or They can definitely, you know, come to TAPS and I can give you my email, which is just Kelly. K-E-L-L-I-E at TAPS.org for any connections or any folks. You know, my goal would be to to connect British families with American families so they can kind of co-support each other because their journeys are very similar despite the culture. Now, is there some, how does it go with connection? Now, if I'm listening to this show and I've had a military loss and I'm an American and I have a brother who lives in London or something, I mean, what kind of connections are we making? The goal, I mean, we send our families that are in the UK to the local organizations, SAFA and BFSG. If they're like a mixed family, which we have quite often, they'll be married to an American, but then they're a British family. Um, we just try to jointly get them connected. Now with, with the internet and stuff, it's much easier than it was years ago. Are there any other taps around Europe or is it just uh, Britain with you? There's a lady in Germany that's working with some um, military bases supporting families there. And she's um, a parent who's lost her son. Mm-hmm. Wow, it sounds like TAPS is kind of becoming international, Heidi. I know. I, I That's love always all been the goal. Hooking people up. And, and you know, giving yeah. people like that are in Britain permission to talk, to talk about openly about their losses and that it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength, even if you're talking about it. It's a sign of strength to show emotion. And I like the idea of, of connecting people from different regions you know, because we do grieve here in a more open way. So I like that. that yeah, and it shows that. Families. You know, my, my husband has a very strong British background, and I'd say he's a little more stoic than I am, wouldn't you, Heidi? Yes, and he's very British in a lot of his mannerisms and the way that he acts and talks a lot of times, I think. Yeah, it's, it's come, you know, made me think about that because we're going to be doing YouTubes at the Association of Death Education in uh, June, and we're talking about culture and diversity. And, you know, I mean, we are a country of immigrants. So uh, very interesting. Well, Kelly, thank you for all the work you're doing. It's phenomenal. And for bringing us uh, these thoughts and information, uh, I think it's really very helpful. And hopefully we can get the word out. And through the Internet, you know, uh, these kind of connections can be made for people. And thank you so much. No, thank you. It's appreciated. Thanks, Kelly, and I hope to see you at TAPS in May. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Have a good day. Both of you. Thank you. Have a good day. Well, Heidi, what an interesting topic of conversation. I am very surprised. I didn't think there would be that much difference. I. That's what I'm. That was my takeaway. That's what I'm surprised about. I'm like, wow. Okay, this is just a very different culture and a very different way of handling loss. Right. Absolutely. And here we are, you know, now, do you know, doing radio and some television and, you know, putting it out. And I, I hope that um, it gets to the world at large. People like Kelly talking about it. Very interesting. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening to our show today. And as Heidi and I like to say, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours till you find your own. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio 
hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope. <laughs>